Wow. Long time. Hey, guys. <laughs> and yet the months just vanish away. Here we are once again. Yeah, and we stopped this ship and nothing happened whatsoever, right, guys? <laughs> the world just slowed, slowed down. Yeah. So, welcome back. Episode 103. This is Criterion Now, coming at ya. We have David Blakesley. Hello, David. Hello, Aaron. So great to be talking to you. We've had a good ch- chat already tonight, but let's just keep it rolling. We are, and you are the last, uh, previous to that, you were the last podcast we did on uh, New Year's, which we'll um, you know, sadly circle back to, but um, not to get ahead of ourselves, we also have the lovely and talented Will Remmers. Hello, Will. Oh, that's so kind of you to say so, Aaron. Oh, gosh. I feel so warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, you are the best. Um, so... Yes, if you saw the show in your feed, it is back, sort of, kind of. So I just want to do a little housekeeping just to speak about some things, if you don't mind. And feel free to jump in if you have questions, you you too as well. So we're sort of kind of back. Um, not sure what, wh- which way the show is going to head. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe monthly, kind of not ready to make a commitment. Uh, but uh, I don't know about, well, I know you guys are still living in this world of Criterion and uh, very intrigued by all the stuff that's going on. And uh, and I, I am as well, and I do miss talking about it. So uh, we'll, we'll find ways to um, to keep it going in some way, shape, or form. I uh, will say that uh, if you notice there's some missing episodes, though, they're going to come back. Uh, I think uh, just the transfer, I just didn't get a chance to put, I think there's like 27 missing or something. And also, uh, Criterion Close-Up, that feed is gonna, hasn't moved over yet. I'm still um, I'm still working on it. So, yeah. So this, um, is, this is like transferring over to CriterionCast.com, what you're talking about there? It, mm-hmm. it is, yeah. So uh, it's it's a little slower effort. So, um, yeah, not on a set deadlo- timeline for that, for that, for the show. But um, I think probably in the next couple weeks I'll get all the episodes back. Uh, the, the Hell episode did very well. So I, I, if people hadn't heard that, I do want to get that back online so people could hear that. I, I really enjoyed that conversation with uh, Amy, uh, the director of Scott, uh, um, the Hal Ashby documentary. Um, this one's going to be kind of lightly edited uh, just because we want to get it out. In the interest of time, we're recording this late on a Sunday night. So... Uh, if there are any bumps or uh, police sirens, please ignore them. Um, <laughs> also want to just share that we uh, don't have the Patreon. Uh, not No plans to start a Patreon of for Criterion Now. Which uh, So for former patrons, that means you don't get the unedited pee breaks. Uh, sorry about that. But since I have a little more time, when, when I do these shows, I'll try to edit and get them online a little faster. And who knows, maybe I'll figure something out for the pee breaks, um, because people really love those. <laughs> but um, but please support uh, other shows. So Criterion Cast has a Patreon, and uh, we're back with them as well, as, as is Josh. And there might be a little bit more movement with a, another show or two. And Ryan, I think, uh, you know, he does a lot. I, I, I definitely felt Ryan's world with this experiment, uh, so please do support Ryan. I, I know uh, all that it takes. And also all the other shows uh, from the 25th frame. I know there's, I, I can't list all the Patreons or patrons off the top of my head. Um, maybe I'll find a way to put a link out there to, to them or something. Some, but there's a, the Magic Lantern, Good, Good Times, Great Movies. Um, go listen to The Complete. I don't think they have a Patreon, but they're doing such good shows. So, um, yes, support those shows as much as you can. Uh, just not on the same feed. Uh, the Criterion Now Facebook group is still around and um, still going. Actually, I, I kind of flirted with whether to keep it going, but uh, I'm glad I, I, I stuck stuck through. Um, lately, been posting a few giveaways. Uh, I gave away a digital code of uh, Parasite, 
to somebody, Best Picture winner, and uh, come to the Criterion. How about that, guys? Um, <laughs> yeah, impeccable timing. I think you put the digital code up right before the Criterion announcement came out. <laughs> but hey, hey it's, I, it's, it's, it's great. It's still nice to have an, uh, access to that film. So uh, did, did you pick the lucky winner already? It was Joseph Brown, uh, who I, I don't know. I'm sure he's a very, very swell guy, but I did love your response, David. You waited about a day. You're like, no, nah, I'll wait. Uh, so I, yeah, I think time... I probably saw that guy on the subway because the guy next to me on the subway was watching Parasite on his phone, and you know how you know how I feel about that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It, it, I'm sure it works. <laughs> anyway, Parasite. Uh, I, I was, you know the. That will be a topic. It, it's actually something I wanted to talk about Oscar night, but you know it's not really on Criterion topic. But best foreign film uh, winner, and uh, we can talk about it. It is on, is on topic. But to um, to actually hold off on that a little bit, I will get to some of the news items. I won't be able to cover everything that's happened in the last three months. It's just impossible, and we don't have uh, hours to spend here. Um, I did want to mention that the, the I don't like to start the show on a somber note, but. It's a big deal, I think. Huge deal for just the entire Criterion community. But we did lose Jason Poland, so I think everybody probably that listens to this show or is in any of our social media knows he's the, the, the guy who wrote the wacky drawings. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. He did so much else. The people in New York, the Taco Bell thing, where he would have these little Taco Bell art parties, club. It just sounds like he's an amazing human being. Uh, and, really, really miss him. And so young. I mean, what, late 30s, young, 37, yeah. 38, something like that? I mean, that's just really, really incredibly sad. And uh, it, you're right. It really, uh, we have already, you know, gone an end of the month without a wacky drawing. And uh, it sort of puts the New Year's Day kind of minimal kind of brevity and a bit of perspective mm-hmm. that none of us suspected at the time. So a, a really, a really tragic loss. And, and I'm sure for the family and his friends and his uh, you know, circle of influence, uh, just a kind of a stunning turn of events. And, and even those of us who didn't really know him, but appreciated his work, uh, you know, our hearts go out. Yeah, it's, big a big circle too. A lot of people came out. Sorry, we'll go ahead. No, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing how much this sort of thing uh, unites the community, um, and how much yeah. how how much even just the little drawings meant to us. Um, so much so that. People have, you know, gone and, and, and were trying to interview him, get him as a guest and see if they could pick his brain about this. But he didn't really uh, offer too much um, besides that. I, I love uh, the, the beauty of the fact that there are certain clues that we'll never know about now that we'll never. I mean, he probably wouldn't have relinquished the information anyway, but um, mm-hmm. there are certainly hotly debated clues, I think, specifically of things like ill sore possum that we (laughs) that we we wonder about you know and uh and for for all for all of that simple joy that we got um from from him i i feel very grateful yeah and and some yeah and of course the community is critical i think sometimes we would uh we the 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 poets one that turned out to be when we were kings we were a little harsh on that one but it was something I, i i don't we just look forward to every month and of course the new year's drawing every year is such a big deal so he touched our lives a lot and um and you know in the context of, of this conversation obviously we great human being and yeah it's terrible terrible loss for his family it's a loss for the community in a in another way which it is unfortunate but there he was just a really convenient long-term way for criterion to tease out uh these clues of upcoming releases so that's just not out there 
Yeah, now they're just blurting it out on Twitter. You know? Now, yeah. So, I, if this is the way things are going to go, I mean, I, I guess, I guess, fine. But, um, but I, I, I do love just the, you know, the puzzle. You know, especially when they were kind of like t- tough to solve, or they could have had different interpretations, or maybe sometimes there was some healthy debate, or, or sometimes spirited argument. Um, and sometimes they were easy, and we would figure out in five minutes and just move on. But uh, but they were still great, and it was nice to have those on our horizon if they're a few months away. So, yeah, they're blurting them out on Twitter, David. What's that? <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably a bit of a stopgap until they come up with some other way. But I, I think we've already already said a new cartoonist, whatever. That that just doesn't seem quite right. At least not no. at this point. Maybe down the road, perspectives will change a bit, but. Yeah, it, it's it's a true loss. There's no way of really sugarcoating it or, or minimizing the sadness of this situation. Yeah, it'd be like, uh, it, it's like you lose a pet and then you go buy a pet the next day. I think that like forever is the next day in that situation for, for this community. So I, I, ho- I hope that they find another outlet or another way to... Um, announce stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining about these announcements. We'll talk about these here shortly, but uh, I hope this isn't it. Yeah, <laughs> that they're just yeah. going to, like, really say five titles and be like, okay, they're coming. Uh, but anyway, I, they're something to talk about. So, um, so yeah, Parasite and Memories of Murder are coming. Uh, they uh, This was announced, well, actually, it's kind of funny how it was announced. It was kind of a, mur- there was a rumor a little bit. I think maybe somebody accidentally said something. And then there was, a, actually, I believe there was a tweet from Criterion themselves, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it was very direct, you know. Uh, I yeah. think I think there may have been an announcement somewhere or some kind of a leak, and then Criterion confirmed it pretty hot on the heels. Well, I think Neon then said something, mm-hmm. and then and then Criterion did. So huge news! Uh, Parasite is gonna gonna sell a lot of copies for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a monumental movie. I my Blu-ray is already expired, so. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, we'll, yeah, you wonder how fast it's actually gonna come out. I mean, you know. Eventually, are we talking about you know September, October, November? Or are we talking about uh, June, July? You know, because I think we're already up to May, right? Is that we're up to May? They didn't say when. Um, I, I so I have the of the Blu-ray, so it was a studio Blu-ray. I think it came out in December, and there's really nothing on there as far as features. There's a couple, you know, kind of what what you expect from the studio Blu-rays, just those little little things, uh, trailers, stuff like that. Uh, I, I do, I'm, you know, I'm not really crying over double dipping because I, a film like this, especially, you know, now in this past uh, a couple weeks with its, you know, it's it's historic now. I, I'd like to, and and just Bong is a really fun guy and we really got to see a lot of him. So I think they could have some really interesting supplements. Uh, so I, I hope they spend some time and get into this film and, uh, you know, deliver a, a pretty impressive package and the same as memories of murder is a really special film as well that people haven't seen so will are, are you um well, i was gonna say are you are you into the bong but <laughs> well we all know that's, that's true <laughs> maybe a personal question um, you live in new york i uh i just saw parasite for the first time uh wednesday <coughs> um i have this strange habit of seeing best picture winners the week after they come out uh, I didn't do that for Green Book because it obviously sucks, so I'm not going to see that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I saw Parasite and actually to warm up for it on Monday before I watched The Housemaid for the first time on Blu-ray, uh, which I actually think is a better movie than Parasite. But I thought Parasite was tremendous and really more importantly than anything, um, 
I watching the Oscars on Sunday, I felt that the sequence of wins for that film uh, was incredibly gratifying to anybody who's ever felt uncool for watching art house <laughs> or foreign cinema or anybody who's ever felt lonely because of the movies they like. Um, seeing everybody rally around uh, this film was, was quite remarkable. And, and I, I cried watching it. And then um, I, after seeing the film this week, I cried again, rewatching those wins. I mean, I think it's mm. com- comparable only to when Alfonso Coron won best director and before announcing the name Guillermo del Toro, who had won last year for the shape of water, he's announcing it for Roma. And he says, now this name I can pronounce <laughs> and then he says Alfonso Corona, and it's it's those moments where where yeah. you, where you feel like the power in Hollywood is being t- taken away from the Americans that uh, I really appreciate. And it was a coup. <laughs> it's absolutely so. So I I was thrilled. I think that Roma helped set set the stage for this as well, um, in terms of how close Roma I think got to winning Best Picture the previous year, and I yeah. think that people were like when, when this happened. I think. Uh, I bet the fact that Green Book won was the reason a lot of people, probably Academy voters, went, well, we can't give this to 1917 or something that's very Oscar-y. This, <laughs> this has got to go to something that we that we felt genuinely moved and um, impressed by. And, and I think as a symbol for what it represents, um, I, I think the Oscars are are sort of important for what they uh, what they are and and can change the course of of what films are going to be and and I'm very interested and very excited to see that move twenty years from now if we find that there's any different trend in terms of how um, international cinema is perceived uh, in an American culture. Yeah, I, I want to set a reminder: twenty years from now, uh, uh, our, have foreign films uh, gain in prominence. But I, I like the Roma, and by the way, Roma just arrived as well. Uh, it's uh, on the Criterion Collection, so. Um, beautiful package. I haven't opened mine yet, uh, but I, I think you're right. I think Roma was still a little cold and distant for a lot of the uh, the mainstream Academy. And black and white, you know, it's just black and white, uh, a little maybe too art house. Mm-hmm. And I, I think not really for mains like the people that will see what wins best picture and then go watch it. And I don't, I didn't mean that as a stab at you will, uh, because yours seems to be accidental, but some people will just, that's, that's how, okay, it's the best picture. I'm going to watch it now. And I, in fact, I saw a lot of people saying, well, okay, now I have to watch Parasite. Uh, what's the deal with foreign movies, which I think is a, a very good thing. Wow. Yeah. But, but yeah, Parasite is funny and it's a thriller and it, it really is. Now I'm, I'm not going to say it's not an art film, but it does have a way, uh, an accessibility, and you could certainly see it in that room. And of course, those are all film buffs to varying degrees. But there was an energy, and it really did uh, rally people. So, so I, I'm with you, Will. It was uh, the Oscars are pretty boring, and I really wasn't even looking forward to the telecast. But I kind of like felt obligated to as a yeah, it's my cinephile card. It's, it's water cooler through. talk. It's like watching a football yeah. game because everybody's going to talk about it on Monday, so you got to tune in and just. Uh be in the conversation but yeah I, I definitely felt that energy building and i actually i i'm not mr you know up on all the latest uh you know oscar contenders and even all the new stuff of 2019 but i did see parasite in the theater back in november uh my brother who seldom comes into town but uh he lives out in bali so but uh, he came into town wow. for thanksgiving and he wanted to see the Joker, or Joker, not the Joker, but just Joker, right? <laughs> so uh, we went to Joker, and I said, okay, well, I'm going to pick the next one. I picked Parasite, so we kind of did the back-to-back there. And, uh, you know, it was cool. great. Parasite throws a lot of interesting stuff at you, and uh, I, that's the only 
uh, movie I've seen from Bong Joon-ho, but uh, very intrigued to see more, very uh, happy that Criterion is able to capitalize on you know, the heat of the moment here to get this Oscar winner. Uh, not just the best uh, you know, foreign language film or international feature or whatever they're calling it nowadays, but they got the best Oscar, Oscar player. Mm-hmm. That That's fantastic, and I, I think they're going to do it right, and what a coup for them. And uh, what a what an excellent film. I, I really appreciated how that just kind of lit up the room and uh, took the Academy into some new directions. I hope they can build on it from, from here going forward. Yeah, and last shout out the translator, and she was golden. Yeah, oh yeah, she, <laughs> she was, was the best. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so now we uh, there's a deal with Neon, and I'll put a link in the notes about to Neon's website. But we know that uh, there's going to be Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It, that was previously announced. Uh, it was actually a press release, so this was uh, another weird way of getting uh, the word out about Criterion films. I do keep on up on new films, or at least try to, especially foreign if I can, or these, you know, the, the Oscar-esque. Um, have you seen it, Will? I know it's just coming out on theaters. No, I was meant to go see it on a Friday night with the director Q&A, and I uh, slept, on, slept on getting the tickets, and it was Please. sold out. And I, I typically don't go to um, see things in the movie theater, despite the fact that I do find it more enjoyable to see things on a big screen. I, I just can't sit in a room with other people. Um, and I will always, I will always be distracted. So I, I did it for Parasite, and of course was distracted. There was there were people talking <laughs> through the entire movie, um, oh, and on yeah, their phones, and I, I just it's behavior so that I, I can't, I can't control. But I knew that if I didn't see Parasite, it would get spoiled. I am so excited to see Portrait of Lady on Fire, though. Um, it's something that uh, a lot of people um, that I respect the opinions of are, are lauding and. Uh, um, I'm excited to give give it give it a go, um, and really that me seeing things at home uh, is is my preference. Um, so these things getting physical media releases from the looks of Roma um, and how great the Blu-ray uh, looks and how great it's been received, um, I think that it makes so much sense for them to be going in this direction. I remember on now last February uh, when we did the. Um, the sort of tier brackets of for the the previous year's best titles. Oh, right. I remember yeah, I remember saying that Roma will be coming to the collection. I just I don't remember how I got to that conclusion. Look but, at that. But I remember I remember I mean it was it was rumored and there were some Netflixy things going on and and considering the fact that I think you have a few more Netflixy announcements um, to mention um, these all feel like no-brainers to me. I think the only worry is are they going to interfere with the classic film schedule? But it seems like they're getting significant support from their collaborators on this. Netflix probably especially in in carrying some of the weight of what it takes to put out one of these releases. Hold that thought. I actually, um, there was a, a tweet I saw that I want to reference. Um, um, David, do you have anything on Portrait of a Lady on Fire? Nope. It's it's something I'm, it's on my the sort of you know, outer radar there, but I don't have any other takes on it than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, same here. I, I saw it was coming out. I, I wanted to see it. It's actually in, in theaters right now, and I'm I do like seeing movies in theaters where I know that there is some control. Like, well, they'll throw people out that use their cell phones or talk, uh, which I, I'm on the board for one of those theaters, which is a so I can actually throw people out, and I have <laughs> actually, which is kind of fun in a way. But um. But I, I, when I saw it's coming on Criterion, I thought, you know what, I just want to see it that way. So I'm, I'm with you, Will. I'm just going to patiently wait and, uh, and enjoy it when it comes out. But then the, the Netflix announcements, this was a shocker that they just came out with uh, five, four or five titles. Well, I guess Rome is the first title. Uh, but they just 
I, th- I believe it was Netflix that tweeted that uh, The Irishman, Marriage Story, American Factory, which is now an Oscar winner, and At- Atlantics are all coming to the collection. Yeah, that was the so Twitter I, blurt that I was thinking about when I made that comment. That earlier. was a big one. Right, right, right. I've seen three of the four, and I loved two of them, liked one of them, and I really want to see Atlantics. Um, so, but uh, this is interesting. So, First, I'll just go back around the room. David, do you have any thoughts on, on these four films? Well, just the idea that Netflix is, uh, you know, invested in the idea of getting some of their more significant productions into physical media. Like, they could conceivably keep it on streaming forever and ex- make it exclusive, but they, they see a, a value in saying, well, we're, we're going to put this on hard disk. Uh, with supplements and packaging and and all the hoopla, uh, they they recognize that there is an audience out there for physical media, uh, whereas Netflix itself as an entity is almost sort of the proverbial death of physical media. I mean, because they're you know they're they're all about the streaming and about you know on demand viewing and and all of that, which obviously they are and and will continue to be. But as a production company, which is another significant branch of what Netflix represents. Uh, they they see value and significance in saying we're gonna allow people to put this on their shelves. Uh, they don't see that as detracting from from the brand or from you know putting these types of films out there. I mean that's the thing. It's just like really four very significant releases. This is not a trickle at this point. This is a you know mm-hmm. this is a sign that this is going to be a, a regular practice as they continue to i mean you know is buster scruggs going to be on physical media soon and and some of the other Oja, significant, I mean, yeah, yeah right right there's long list, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that, that would be at the same tier um so yeah it, it's going to be fascinating i mean obviously the more criterion gets into this relationship with netflix the more that's going to clog up their uh, monthly release queue so it's almost like yeah cool your jets guys you know because there's a lot of other great stuff that i want to see criterion releasing and unless they really you know up their monthly uh, you know kind of output uh, you know it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting i mean yeah, none of these have been officially announced yet as far as release dates or cover art or any of that type of thing uh, and I think that was the other kind of big reaction is like, how is Criterion going to roll out their announcements now that it's already kind of official, official? Um, when is it going to become you know part of those fifteenth of the month uh, lineups? We we haven't seen any of them yet. No, yeah, it might be a little little bit. Um, yeah, so, will are do you have you seen these four films? I haven't seen any? any of them. Um, I. I don't really care too much about Irishman or Marriage Story in terms of what these filmmakers mean to me these days. Um, but I know that they've been sitting there free for me on Netflix, so I could go see them at any moment. I'm much more interested in Atlantics uh, out of any of these. Um, and American yeah. Factory, um, slightly less so. But um, I think that uh, the the thing I'll stand by, so I said last February, is that as a brand move for a criterion, this is, this is a... a huge huge deal because um putting out anything that is basically their exclusive first go um i mean sometimes these do get studio blu-rays first but even like you said like with parasite i'm, I'm i don't remember if roma had one but it may very well have uh, given the time no, I period i don't think um, so no, so because it was netflix so. it probably hadn't right so um for the netflix titles it it's sort of they someone needs to put them out and um 
I, I, I mean, you've observed time and time again that the most popular, most modern titles are sometimes Criterion's biggest sellers. And mm-hmm. so if you have a month where you're announcing, look what we're putting out, and it says The Irishman, and then you have some other titles they're trying to draw attention to, I think it's just going to help the brand. I, I mean, I, you get the feeling with the last three years box sets, Criterion has never felt stronger. So um, yeah, I, this, I, this all like, feels yeah. like a flex, and I'm, I'm quite... Uh, quite impressed that they're doing it and and actually the fact that they're including at all will 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 make me appreciate the films more because i i tend to see older films more frequently just because i i think and this is something that probably i've uh, contagiously caught from david which is that i think i appreciate seeing a film that has a second layer of its context and its time period and distance any distance between myself and when the film was made exponentially increases my interest in watching it and so just to give some space, I mean, actually, now that Roma, I haven't seen it, but just looking at one or two screen caps and a review on Criterion Forum, uh, it looks so stunning that I'm really excited to, to now finally see it and have even just one year of, of clarity. Interesting. Well, you, you might have that same feeling about Irishman. And I, frankly, I think that prob- probably Scorsese might have had a little something to do with that. Um, and also the, the situation with the, the, I guess, I don't want to say controversy, but the, the issue with the theatrical screenings and, uh, you know, there not being that many of them. Uh, so I think that maybe Netflix is also trying to be a little, you know, less corporate or overloady. Overloady, is that a word? Well, so. yeah, they're very interesting. They, they just bought the Paris Theater in New York City, and oh, wow. which had closed. Uh, and they were showing Marriage Story, and it was the first thing they they projected. So, um they I, there's something interesting about Netflix where they're, they're they're taking over the world in a way where it seems like they still care about art a little bit and uh, I don't know mm-hmm. I don't I don't ever like to let a corporation catch me that off guard to make it feel like that they are our um, kind uh, progenitor that we can bow down to but there's something beautiful about about any of this happening and and I yeah as far as any of these releases are concerned Atlantix is really exciting because I I suspect that we might see uh, uh, if not just one but multiple shorts from Maddie Diop on that set which yeah, are cur- currently streaming on the channel so that would be a, a huge get if basically it's almost her complete filmography thus far. And speaking of huge gets, Barack Obama is going to be in the collection so I don't, we don't usually get usually get into politics here but he American Factory and and I I wouldn't sleep on American Factory. I know it won the Oscar and I I've, I've seen a little bit of controversy but I think if if you're interested in like cultural studies it's a little interesting contrast between American and Chinese workers, you know, if, if that excites you at all. Uh, I, I think I, I would check it out and of course probably you're you're going to get a supplement from Obama too. So there there you go. Um, I also think that maybe with Roma, they Netflix just saw the pre-orders and they're like, "Wow, this is uh, you know, this is money." So, and if we're gonna take over the world, maybe a, a theater at a time. I don't know if they'll get into exhibition more, but um, you know, home media. This is a, a great way, and, and uh, Criterion certainly a great brand to to partner with. Um, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's exciting. Uh, there've been other. Other rumors and stuff. There's a uh, the Comfort of Strangers uh, was pretty much confirmed. So a few others again, just can't get to all of them. And um, we missed two months of announcements. So I'm going to try to just do like a quick recap. I don't. I, I, this is only almost going to be like a speed round. Um, uh, and plus, it's old news anyway. So yeah. really, who cares, right, guys? Uh, so okay, March we have Salesman, Bamboozled, Leave Her to Heaven, The Cranes Are Flying, Showboat. And the Prince of Tides. So we'll just alphabetically, David, why don't you just give a few 
uh, brief thoughts about that. Well, that I, I'm really happy to see Salesman getting an upgrade. I really love that film. I think it's just you know, talking about historic context and kind of getting some distance. I mean, that era of 1960s America <laughs> and this wretched, heartbreaking story that it tells. Really, it's it's a great lineup. Um, I'm, I'm really, you know, Cranes Are Flying, another great uh, DVD upgrade. Uh, and yeah. plus the other stuff too I mean it's it, it's a solid month but those are the two that kind of jump out at me yeah what about you Mr. Will Showboat is uh, an amazing choice which is something I've always wanted to see as a fan of musical theater and Paul Robeson um, and Prince of You're Tides you know I, I saw Yentl on the channel very recently for the first time and it blew me away and I was amazed by everything Streisand just stacked the deck with that film um, so I'm actually really excited to see Prince of Tides, which I think is something that people have been less than excited about. Everything else is exciting to bamboozled and the, um, although I'm still bamboozled, I, I think it might still be Citizen Kane at some point <laughs> and salesman, you know, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad they're going with the cover. That's like the masters of cinema cover, yeah. which, uh, which I is think an is original li- poster. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, um, right. which is funny that having seen that masters of cinema cover all these years, I only just now noticed that he's a Jesus. So... I just, I I don't, you know what? I don't see, I don't see Jesus's, you know, I'm not looking for him in toast. I I don't, don't I just thought it was a salesman. Like I, 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 my, my glance was that cursory that I never noticed that until this time. So there you are. And there's, there's also the first uh, documentary now episode, uh, as a, on Criterion. So as part of that, that release, uh, Globesman, which will be a lot of fun. Yeah. uh, Well, if if you're looking for some Streisand, uh, you're just going to be, it's going to be like a Streisand overdose with that Prince of Tides disc. Um, yeah, I I think it's a good film. I I remember watching it back in the nineties when when it came out and I, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, it wasn't like a, what Will thinks Green Book is, uh, <laughs> it was okay. Um, I, I'm willing to revisit and uh, and see see what uh, Babs has to say about it. So okay, we'll get to to April. Oh, and there's a here's a familiar name. Well, okay, and I'm I'm gonna come back to Army of Shadows because that's that's a, a, a bigger deal. So we have Army of Shadows, Destry Rides Again, The Cremator, Me and You and Everyone We Know, and then this little film you may or may not have heard about about the Grand Budapest Hotel. So. Um, I'm gonna get your reactions, and I have two questions for both of you. So, David, um, I'll I'll plug the Cremator and Army of Shadows. I did a couple of really excellent podcasts, if I don't say so myself. Uh, Martin Kessler joined me for the Cremator, which is a great uh, Czech film uh, from 1969, and Army of Shadows. Uh, Cole Rolaine and I talked about that one. Or no, 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 Cole and no, I. No, it was you, me, you, me, and, right. and jo- you, me, and Jordan. How could That's you forget? That's right. Yeah. Well, oh, Cole is, and I talked is, about the sorrow and the pity. Liver? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I think correct. But uh, that whole episode, because Army of Shadows and the Sorrow and the Pity really dovetailed together back in season one of my podcast uh and it's just great to get melville back in the collection but yeah grand Budapest hotel i think that's going to be another epic uh, release and uh the other stuff uh, the miranda july industrial arts again i'm i'm intrigued to discover those and uh love the covers i uh, love the art uh april's i mean we got we got three really <laughs> kick-ass months coming up so it's it's uh, fantastic we do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we do we'll get to the next one in a second but i uh, will what do you think of april yeah i don't know um, <laughs> Destry Rise again in the Cremator. That's that's cool. Um, I'm really excited to see that and that and uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. I mean, I, I buy every Wes Anderson release. I know we talked about him on the Murmur of the Heart episode we just did for mm-hmm. uh, reflections, but um, 
I watched it. I watched a second time on the plane once. Uh, I know you're not supposed to watch movies on a plane either, but it uh, it just annoyed me. So I loved it when I saw it in the movie theater, and then watching it again, I was annoyed the whole time. So I don't know what it is, but the special features are always good. Uh, and if you're going to circle back to Army of Shadows, I'll just say that uh, it took me until now to notice there was a swastika on the cover. I don't know what it is about my <laughs> eyesight, but I and I I like. I, I actually had to get it off the shelf because I thought maybe they redesigned the cover, but I've never seen that swastika before, and it's I've had that I've had that I've had that disc since it came out. So you're like icon blind. I don't know. What, what I don't know. I just I, I see things in in bigger terms than symbols. Do you have the you old Night yeah. Porter DVD? There's a swastika on that one too. Just oh well, you know you, I, I didn't you should have seen. You know what? Speaking of murmur of the heart. I feel like when I was going through Kim's Mondo video by Columbia University, this is again when I'm like 15, and I saw that uh, Night Porter cover, that DVD cover, I think yeah. that was my sexual awakening. So I, to, to be it's, honest, I kind of wish that was hot. still the cover. The movie the movie is the most unerotic thing I've ever seen. Uh, it's, no, it's, not hot at all. So You're anyway, right. such as it is. Uh, we need uh, Michael Hutchins to do a spreadsheet of covers with swastikas <laughs> and or Jesus's for uh, for Will. So, M- Michael, please uh, get right on that. Um, so, okay, I, I mentioned the two questions. So, Army of Shadows is a big deal because it's Studio Canal. It's an out of print coming back. Uh, do you think this is, and, and we, we thought this was happening, but it had been a while. I, there was that visit to the office, and I think it's been at least a year, maybe longer, uh, do you guys think that this means there's more Studio Canal coming back? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think this is pretty much confirmation that the that door has been cracked open, and it's just a matter of time. You know, so maybe some some big titles. Army of Shadows is pretty big. I, I, amazing film. I, I love it. I uh, I yeah. It's perfect, isn't it? I it's it, it's sort of funny. I think that first I was a bit sort of annoyed that a spot was taken up by what is essentially just them telling us that we can sell this again. But uh, <laughs> if this is the if they're going to announce it and bring attention to it, I think that's more important. So I, I didn't hold it against them too much. Uh, but truly, they they could just they if they find that they have a lot of these, or basically if they're not going to re reformat the release any, um, they should just they should just say, hey, we're re releasing a few of these. I, I, they should you know what does it yeah. take for them just to, other than just to reprint it? Um, I'm assuming they haven't thrown anything out. And and from my experience. There have been times when I've had defects on long since out of print titles. I mean, I think we've we've all had bronze to discs, and they they've had copies of things. So it's not like they throw out the old stock of out of right. things. Things could be out of print and they still have them. Uh, there, there might be a warehouse full of them uh, yeah. uh, of, of all of these that somewhere. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, my my next question is um, so okay now that Grand Budapest Hotel is out. Well, like a two part question. One, what is the title that people are going to annoyingly ask for next? And two, is Isle of Dogs going to come? So, David, and maybe, or and the answer could be Isle of Dogs. That's fine. <laughs> well, I think Come and See is probably the next inevitable. Where is it? Why isn't it here already? Title. Does that seem to resonate at all? Um, yeah, but I think with the Janus release, I think it's yeah that one might be a short. Yeah, short, yeah we, uh, I think it's runway. it's cooled off since before when it was sort of a distant prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope it's not Isle of Dogs. Uh, I hope. I mean, I just hope people aren't excited about 
seeing that again. No, the, I, Isle of yeah, Dogs. Not, I mean, not, it just seems yeah. like a fait accompli. It's, it's, it's gonna, gonna come out. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Out. Yeah. It's, it's really. I, I need more time for that. Yeah. personally. Yeah, uh, they, I they, I hope that they they have a version that it takes out all of the music from Drunken Angel and Seven Samurai, which uh, <laughs> was so annoying that that it's it I. It's, can you get? Can we get people to stop using music from other movies? Uh, in um, movies, I'll call Quentin Tarantino and, I just, and see, oh, see those two guys. <laughs> oh, those two guys suck. <laughs> uh, well, maybe they'll they'll do some Charlie Parker in the next one. Yeah, that's it. That that might be okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, as far as the big time, I guess maybe the one car Y, but I'm yeah, I'm, I'm kind of be going to be right along with the choir there. Uh, and I think yeah, I, I think Isle of Dogs is coming sometime. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm fine with if it, if this if well there there was the three year window. I think Grand Budapest probably went a little further than that. Well, uh, and I so think Grand maybe, Budapest has kind of a a status as sort of a ne plus ultra of Wes Anderson films. It's kind of like where mm-hmm. he threw everything and the kitchen sink into it. Isle of Dogs. I mean, I know it's got its defenders out there, but it's it's really just kind of a it's going to go down as a, a minor project, I believe, anyways. And so yeah. I, I don't see I don't expect to see clamoring for that one in the same way that it felt, you know, necessary to have Grand Budapest Hotel as a Criterion release. I mean, they could skip Isle of Dogs entirely and and just say, okay, we've done early Wes Anderson, and now we're <laughs> we've moved on. Um, the, the French Dispatch, I think, looks like it's already destined for Criterion, but I think Isle of Dogs feels skippable <laughs> if, if, well, they, you know, if they are going to be selective Dar- about it. Darjeeling kind of feels that way as well, because it was kind of seen as lesser, and a lot of people rediscovered it, and I, yeah. I, I've been waiting for that, that time to give it another shot. So, uh, yeah, maybe. But, um, yeah, well, there, there's one thing I can say confidently is that some th- some movie title will be asked for a lot and it'll be annoying. Mm-hmm. So we we can uh, we can set our our our, um, our hearts to that next year. Okay, well, I, usually we don't get to the uh, the the recent announcements last, but um, with all that's happened and all the catch up, uh, just wanted to get it get to May before we uh, say goodbye. And so because of the the, the show, we're we're not going to do short takes. Uh, we'll do maybe like a speed round piece of flair. But um, but really quick, let's just talk about May. Uh, so speaking of films coming back, uh, we have an outer print coming back, a box set. Uh, Eric Romare, Six Moral Tells, uh, pretty stellar films, if if you don't mind me saying so. Uh, but nothing new, uh, and that's that's yeah. I'm I'm just really happy that they're coming back, and I definitely am very eager to get the Blu-ray. I mean, that mm-hmm. that D, the DVD box set is is absolutely iconic. I mean, it was the first uh, use of the wacky yeah. C logo. It takes up an impressive girth on the shelf. There, it'll be <laughs> it'll be a little bit slimmed down when the new Blu-ray comes out. But those are such gorgeous films, you know that mm-hmm. uh, the highest resolution possible is is a complete win. And uh, so, yeah, I'll definitely be revisiting uh, those films. There's a I think one or two that I haven't yet covered in my podcast series, but uh, really, really gorgeous work, and I'm super happy that Criterion got those back. Yeah, really special. Have you seen them all, Will? I've never seen any Eric Romer films, and it's it's probably wow. it's probably my, like one okay. of my biggest complete goose eggs as a director. And it's entirely down to the fact that I've been waiting for this to come out on Blu-ray because 
I, I very well might have gotten this on DVD, but it just the luck of the draw had it that when I was focusing on collecting every box set possible, the Blu-ray transition was starting, and I said to myself, mm-hmm. "Well, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna focus now on the Blu-ray sets." And so I've just been waiting and waiting and waiting, and knowing I'd want to see these on Blu-ray for one reason or another, just because I love box sets so much that mm-hmm. <laughs> if I know there's a box set, I'm less likely to want to stream it. Like I just want to have that. Like you say, just this amazing girth on my shelf. That though, this will probably be a thinner girth because yes. the, the Blu-rays always tend to be thinner girth, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I don't want to uh, have any callbacks to the other episode we recorded tonight. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, Will, I, I I don't always like to say confidently what other people will think about films, but I think just having heard about your taste or ha- having heard you talk about your taste, I think you're gonna just love. I think you're in for a discovery here. Oh, I Absolutely. think so too. I mean, yeah, and, and I've seen all, all of these. I've yeah, been avoiding great. hearing about these films, but um, I even I have the Arrow set uh, from a couple of years ago. Um, so, oh, wow. and which I I know is is later uh, projects. Mm-hmm. So I've been I I kind of wanted to prefer a chronological look anyway. So I've just I'm sitting on that set, knowing I have even more to look forward to uh, after I walk through these. And this this going to be Rome, if Rome I, or Fest, yeah. If, if I remember, this got announced just shortly after there was some sort of tweet or Janus thing about some other Romare films. Am I misremembering? So, so that's that's why I, I love these films. Uh, don't don't take my uh, my reaction as uh, as not pleased by this. But I, I'm going to wait for a sale for this just because I, I've seen them all and uh, um, there's nothing new. But they did tweet the Four Seasons films, and these are a little later, and it's a. a a, a, a grouping of films that aren't on that arrow set that so I, I was really excited about that and I was like okay well boy does that mean they're coming so that's just me being selfish because I haven't seen them but they're I've seen one of them and they're it's fantastic a summer's tale um, but yeah I recommend go through these six and then tear through that box set and you're gonna be um, you're gonna be pleased that, that the box set is just amazing and that, and I think you're right to wait for this because th- that's the way to I think discover his work you, you agree David oh yeah and I'm really super happy that they're gonna include the book which is a short stories written by Eric Romer himself of course translated into English uh, but really really great uh, companion reading with the films I mean it's, it's really a magnificent piece of work that they that they put together uh, so yeah highest recommendation yeah good stuff glad it's back so then we have the uh, the great escape uh i, I let's see steve mcqueen james garner uh, i heard that rick dalton was in the running for this role i don't, I don't... <laughs> uh, there's some so... rare outtakes available right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> This is I, I haven't seen it, so I, this is one of those. I we've talked previously about uh, the D- Dirty Dozen, and I, I remember Matt's quote that he loved it when he was twelve. This movie kind of feels like one of those, uh, so I've just I don't know why I haven't been excited to see it, but uh, but it seems like uh, a lot of people love it. So I'll, I'll just ask you guys, what do you think? Uh, I haven't seen it, but it might be a good one to have the boys over, you know, have a you know guys' night and watching a kind of a, a you know a thriller adventure type movie. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a chance, uh, but I, I don't really have any great expectations for it. Uh, it. Seems like it'll be fun. Okay, so lukewarm from from the first well, two. What do you yeah. think? Will, will yeah, I, I'm, I get it. <laughs> I this is probably the title. Um, maybe that out of all of Criterion, I have seen uh, out of all titles now on Blu-ray or DVD. I saw when I was youngest. If that makes sense, uh, I oh, saw this when I was very young, um, and really loved it uh, so this is yeah so i think this is something that i kind of grew up with in a way 
And I, I've always known this was coming, and it, then it was in a, a newsletter clue. And I'm super excited that the, right. uh, the commentary track from the Laserdisc is coming because I missed that when it was on the channel. And it'd be really exciting to hear uh, John Sturgis talk about it in, in what would be a, a relatively early commentary track. Yeah, yeah, good, good call too. This is a laser disc upgrade, and uh, and yeah, and yeah, that's sad. Uh, that was a great, uh, <laughs> a great clue. Um, it was the the cheese grater. So yeah, I don't know if that was one of Poland's last ones. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I have to think back on that, but um, but yeah, well, so you can speak to uh, the 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 Matt Gassire, Um, you know, if it holds up from from your your twelve year old self or whatever you were. Uh, but yeah, it does have the commentary. Some some pretty good features. Uh, pretty much older. I, I'm, I'm guessing maybe ported over from a, uh, another DVD or the Laserdisc. Maybe well, not the not the 2001 programs. But um, and then uh, critic Sheila O'Malley, who is somebody I I admire. Um, she has an essay in that, and I, I kind of I dig the cover. I don't know what you guys think. Oh yeah, it's cool. Yeah. This this is a cool movie, uh, and everybody in it is good, which. Um, is sort of the prerequisite for like a like a prisoner of war movie i think is that you just need it you need it if you're going to do a or a prison movie in general you need to sort of have a stacked cast and mm. make sure that these people can have as many hours of runtime as possible to to explore things and uh i yeah i'm, I'm very curious to see if it holds up for me as an adult but I, I think that um more than anything my gained awareness into the careers of the major players involved will probably enlighten my re- my rewatch. Yeah, I, I don't know the running time. Is it a, a long one? It's about three hours. Yeah. Oh, it's, wow, it's boy, quite, they sure. It's quite a long film, <laughs> but it is a great escape. So, uh, if okay, the, well, the, the not so good version is like an hour and a half. Yeah, they, this one they have to <laughs> spend a lot of time uh, going for it. So, yeah, I'm and so excited. The shitty escape is like fifteen minutes. Just <laughs> they just walk out. So, <laughs> exactly it's it's 20 seconds all right well next week so uh, actually I, I was going to ask this question earlier but this is a, a good a good point I, I referenced a tweet so I'll, I'll get to it after we talk about this film so wildlife by uh, Paul Dano so the Paul Dano of course we know him as pretty familiar actor that does a lot of uh, modern auteur films uh, often a supporting character but I think he does pretty consistent work uh, this was his first directed movie uh, I've seen it and I thought it was really good and uh, kind of fell through under the radar so I'm, I'm i'm pleased to see it uh but i think it's kind of maybe a surprising title uh what do you think david uh, i have no opinion on this one I, it's a complete kind of blind spot i know a little bit about paul dano but uh really it's like oh what is that all about so i i really have nothing more to say about it than that you just proved my thesis so <laughs> will what do you think yeah wh- what even is this movie i had never even heard of this but i you know what Th- this paul dano guy gives me gives me a good vibes um i think that uh, he's he was very good when he was in the criterion closet and i was like this is a smart this seems like a smart guy who knows what's going on so i'd be curious to watch this and uh, i'm this this seems like the kind of title that'll probably be like a, a channel edition and i feel like mm-hmm. I've, I've, it's something that they want to bring your attention to um i don't know i think it was yeah i'm excited about this this looks cool i think um i do think we need a little more Royal Dano in the collection. So maybe next year we can focus a bit more on the career of uh, character actor Royal Dano. So, there. All right. Well, everybody get get your uh, letter writing campaign going. Uh, Royal Dano. I don't know him. Is that his dad? No, he's just, a, he's just, he's just another Dano. 
but he's a little just more another Danish. He's a little more royal. Um, he's he's more of a TV actor, but um, it's a lot more royal. Uh, he, he he does have a good role in The Trouble with Harry, and he's in Johnny Guitar and a few other things. Um, okay, good guy. I, I could see that one as being possible. It, yeah. It's nice uh, to see completely random, out of the blue Criterion releases in this age, where all all the spoilers and hints and mm-hmm. clues are out there, and to be completely surprised even a bit befuddled like oh what is this <laughs> so yeah that's where i'm at with it yeah. absolutely david and i think that um what aaron your question about what we what, what we think people are going to start clamoring for and yelling for i i ignore that sort of stuff and i don't really ever hope for stuff anymore i just wait for stuff to come to me and wait for stuff to surprise me and i think the next title we're going to mention is something that i had no expectation was coming but is th- it completely thrills me yeah, no, I, I totally, totally right, right on, on track with you there. Um, yeah, no, nice surprise. And this month, I think, had a few surprises, so I, I do appreciate that as well. Um, I think people will like this film. I, I like it. I, I think it's a, a good character study. Uh, it's a, you know, a couple strong actors, and I think the prime of their careers. Uh, uh, well, maybe I don't know. Chillenhall might be. No, nah, he, he's still doing good work. So, uh, looks like some interesting supplements. So yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And let's get to that film. So this one is a uh, special in another way. Um, it's what? Uh, Dance Girl Dance, Dorothy Arzner. Is that the one you're referring to, Will? Oh, yes. This oh, is yes. such a oh, good yes. movie. <laughs> um, so they, the way they, they bill it is the sole woman to work as a director in Hollywood uh, during the 30s and early 40s. So I, I'm thinking... I know, I know at least Ida Lupino entered the scene. I, I forget the year. So there, there might have been another one or, or two. I, there were not many. But that's, I mean, that alone, I mean, I, I hear the movie's good, but that alone I think is important enough to bring it to the collection. So um, I'm sure Will is going to uh, really, really praise this one. So, David, have you seen it? Um, yeah, I did. I watched it on the channel when it was in a limited run of a a month or a couple months ago and i also there's a scene from the film in that early women filmmakers is that a kino set oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. so yeah, it is. it's just kind of the 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 famous kind of monologue where uh the, the lead actress uh kind of you know she's out there and she's getting heckled by you know these you know boorish guys in the audience uh you know take it off baby or whatever they're saying and mm. she just kind of stands there and berates the men these, these chauvinist pigs and and it's a kind of a a, a woman power moment there and it's pretty pretty cool uh, but that's all they showed it was just a little clip i don't know if they just couldn't clear the rights or they just wanted to squeeze more on the disc and could only do that little segment but it was intriguing enough to just sort of see this uh you know kind of strong feminist rebuke uh in a 1940s film uh that I said, well, I, I want to see the rest of this. And it was <laughs> very engaging. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to a, a full disc uh, release because I think, you know, I don't know what exactly what kind of supplements. I don't have this, the page open in front of me. but uh, uh, There's a couple. Yeah. Uh, another Sheila O'Malley uh, essay. So yeah. That. Uh, yeah. Uh, scene, selected scene commentary, too, so yep. that's cool. So even, even, with, uh, even with just kind of some basic background, just to kind of flesh out the story a little bit and the, and the situation of the film and, you know some some bio about Dorothy Arzner and, and how she got into this very unique situation a, a female director in the old Hollywood studio system uh, I, there's a lot of discovery uh, yet to be had so I'm, I'm really you know happy that, that this is coming out and 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 uh, obviously Criterion is continuing 
uh, pretty earnest exploration of uh, female filmmakers uh, throughout mm. the, the, the last century or so. Yeah, active curation is what Peter Becker called mm-hmm. it. So it's definitely happening. So, Will, how great is this movie? It's really great. I loved it, and uh, I spoke about it pretty highly on Letterboxd. It's a little bit of a spoilery review, so uh, if you have the opportunity, see it first, but you can read some deeper details there. It's got a great supporting cast. Ralph Bellamy and Mario Spinskaya shows up. Um, it, the devil's in the details with something like this, and and you you begin to realize what a what a what a tragedy is, tragedy it is that we don't have more voices like this from this era working in Hollywood. Uh, but Dorothy Arzner mm-hmm. as um, as a as a queer woman working in Hollywood, making quite a number of films that have sort of disappeared a little bit. Um, it's great to see them come back, and I missed um, some of them when they were on Filmstruck. So I did not make that same uh, error when they when the three films they had on the channel were there, and those were Christopher Strong, Dance Girl Dance, and Craig's Wife, um, uh, which I think Craig's Wife is my other favorite of of those three, and and I'm a little surprised this is, didn't end up being the sort of thing where they have two titles in the same month by a director, but um, mm. hopefully this is a successful title because clearly the other the other titles would probably come close after behind or. Um, or merrily we go to hell or something. So there's a, there's a lot there's a lot here, and um, the the textures of the way that the characters are framed, and the way that um, minor interactions between the women in the film are so vastly different than anything like this made by a man at the time, um, are so refreshing and wonderful and vibrant. And Lucille Ball's character. Um, in the hands of of a of a curmudgeonly man would have been a, like a, a a cruel battle axe, but everybody in this film comes off as very genuine and and the, the sort of a showbiz rivalry feels um, very true to what I've seen in, in in my experiences even today between people that it's it's a little less cruel than films usually depict it. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, so, and I didn't realize that she was also a, a, a female queer director as well. So, that's yeah, a unique perspective that you yeah you can't go put these people back in behind the lens now. The, that ship has sailed. But uh, yeah, looking forward to see see and uh, yeah how how that looks from that viewpoint. Um, well, just two left. So we have uh, a, a missing Casabetti. So I I guess I always figured this one was coming, but. Uh, yeah, this was I, like, like well, there's still one more big Cassavetes I think uh, would be interesting to see. Uh, so this is Husbands from 1970. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised that it wasn't in the the uh, the big box set. I, I don't know why. Well, that's why, why I, I wondered, was there something wrong with that movie? I mean, it's, it felt like it should really fit in there because they, they went, you know, past this so with, you know, Chinese mm-hmm. Bookie and Opening Night and woman under the influence you know later in the 70s there so so uh, you know I, I was delighted to see this i'm a little bit bummed because it's past my timeline so i don't expect i'll be doing a podcast on it unless we do it like for a main episode but i'll definitely oh, be you, checking you it can out. go back in time well <laughs> i've got my rules here okay all right sorry david <laughs> so, i don't want to upset things that's okay <laughs> but but i'm definitely eager to check it out and uh very happy to see that this little missing piece has been filled in i don't know if this is like a unrestorable film or maybe there'll be more story that comes out as to what what delayed its release up until now since the obviously criterion's been a huge booster of cassavetes for 
for quite a few years now. There, yeah, I haven't researched the rights. Uh, sorry, Will. Yeah, yeah there, have you seen it? Th- th- yes, I have. Um, but I've seen it in the cut that's on Amazon Prime, which is shorter than the cut that Criterion is putting out. Um, there have been three cuts of this movie over the years that have appeared um, in various forms. I mean, it's 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 quite a long movie. Uh, the current cut is about 140 minutes. Um, but there there have been short. There have been you know, the original cut he wanted was about three hours or so. Um, so it should be noted this this is a movie that isn't um, isn't driven by its narrative. It is certainly a narrative film, but um, it's it's driven more by its moments and its character exploration, which is not unsurprising given Cassavetes. And um, knowing that there was material missing from it and the edition I watched, I think that the there is a DVD around somewhere that had that footage. But there's just a lot of there's there's varying versions around. So I think they were probably. Um, spending time to track down exactly the version they were trying to release um, and, and put it out. And this this is a major film. I, I think it's a difficult watch. It's not it's not super pleasant to watch, but I um, it's on the BFI Sight and Sound list. Um, it's one of Cassavetti's few films on that list, and um, it does seem like a like a major title in terms of history. And it has the legendary and infamous Dick Cavett episode. Um, where the stars are drunk on uh, and and rambling and rolling and rock. I mean, it's the wow. one of the most. It's probably the most notorious Dick Cavett episode that isn't the unaired one where someone dies. So, um, Cassavetes, Gazzara, and Peter Falk. So, yeah, there, I I almost gotten gotten split with the Cavett episodes. So uh, I kind of tend to overlook those. But uh, yeah, that that I'm I'm not going to miss that for for sure. Uh, by the way, Gloria is the uh, the one I, I figure is maybe someday coming if they can get the rights to it. Seems right. like a big. It's a, it's on Twilight Time. Um, so oh, at it? some point, yeah, I, I I just bought that pretty recently. Uh, but at at some point, it's it's not a stacked disc. I think it maybe even has one or two feet, like a trailer or maybe the score or something. Um, mm-hmm. So it definitely could use it. I just I just didn't want to miss it if the event it went out of print and didn't end up anywhere. Right. But yeah, I think you're yeah, right. You that's that's his most goes. mainstream success. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. And um, what's interesting about Cassavetes and the different cuts, so Chinese Bookie, he preferred the shorter cut, and I, I just watched uh, Mikey and Nikki. I, I know that was a, a last-year title, but I'd seen it, so I was waiting for you know a little more time to pass. And I noticed that that cut, I, I, don't, don't quote me, I could be mistaken, but it seemed like that cut on that disc was a little shorter. I know that's Elaine May, but he was in it. It was a little shorter than the, uh, the, the previous cut I saw, so... Um, so yeah, I, I think that if he wants longer, then that's uh, yeah. First off, I trust whatever Cassavetti says, and the Chinese bookie is absolutely, he's absolutely right. The shorter cuts, the better one. So if it's the longer one here, uh, so this is the Criterion is yeah, you're right. So th- this is not the one he likes then. Well, you know? I I think he does. I think that the cut I was on Amazon is. Like, like an in-between cut like it, it there's I see. There, from i from my studying of it i was trying to find the longest cut i could get and no one had the dvd that had the full full cut in print so um like maybe the rights to that cut and took some time to acquire um but from what i understand he he cut a lot of the film in order to get it to 140 minutes and that that was mm-hmm. the version he wanted to put out but Various distributors over the years or, or home media releases shortened the film even further, I guess, for fears that people wanted less of the movie they were buying. I don't I never understand <laughs> why people think shorter is is going to solve the problem against the filmmaker's wishes. But um, yes, yeah, so I'm excited. Yeah. That means there's, yeah. there's about 10 minutes of this movie I've never seen. 
And um, so I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, of course, I would love it if they were found a way to include the other cuts, but I don't think those other cuts are of, of any major historical significance. I think those are just hmm. like maybe even post-mortem studio meddling. Yeah, I think if he uh, wanted them uh, or if you know he, he made his wishes known that he wanted them, they would probably put the, you know, a multi-disc release out or something. Uh, it does have a commentary, so I'm always excited about those. And uh, there's a, uh, a tribute to Cassavetes, the story of Husbands, a uh, new video essay, so I always love those. So yeah, it looks like a pretty stacked disc. And uh, since I know you love The Irishman so much, uh, or, or want to see The Irishman so much, well, I'm going to finish with Scorsese shorts. So these are a... I think they're Laserdisc and Voyager upgrades. So if, if I'm wrong, correct me. Or if you guys don't know, I'm sure Keith or Michael or somebody will. Do you know? Uh, yeah, there's there's something. Um, Dicecape posted a picture of, of one of the Laserdisc releases that at least had Italian-American on it and something else. So this, this, this goes back um, a certain distance. So there's five short films. Um, I think this is a big deal. Um, we haven't had a short compilation in quite a while. I'm, I'm trying to think of the last one. Was it the Kennedy Frampton films or, or something? Like oh, that? the Kennedy films. Yeah. yeah, I guess that counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I think of Frampton or Brackage and right. stuff like that. Right. Or, or uh, yeah, uh, um, David, have you seen these? No, none of them. I, I mean, it's it seems like a pretty nice package, and and the kind of uh, you know the only way that those films would ever get a you know physical release would be kind of this little curated collection and you know it's interesting for a guy who's been around and really at the heart of you know uh cinema uh, at at so many different levels for such a long time um martin scorsese seems as hot as ever (laughs) you know i mean he's Mm -hmm. he's a very much in the moment filmmaker and it's a it's a nice tribute at this stage of his life and his career to bring some of these short works. I was actually surprised to see that even well into the 70s, he was still making these non-feature-length films, you know. Um, I thought, you know, usually short films, you make them as a, as a kind of up-and-coming director. You kind of show that you're capable of bigger and better things, and then you go on to big two-hour-plus feature films, and he had certainly accomplished a lot by the yeah. time that those later titles were, were released. But, uh, you know, he was just continuing to do creative stuff, and uh, uh, it, it should be a fun, uh, you know, dive into uh, some of his off-the-beaten-path work from a you know, pretty, pretty uh, great era of, of his filmmaking and of filmmaking in general. So I'm pretty eager to check it out. It's a big deal, and uh, yeah, and and there's two that fit your uh, your rules, so mm-hmm. so put those on the list. Oh yeah, uh, they, they will be in there, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> will, uh, what do you think of Mr. Scorsese and his shorts? Th- I want to see him. I want to see him in his shorts. Yeah, I, this is exciting for me. I actually think that this is more the kind of Scorsese film I, I want to take a look at. Um, yes, I I checked the Italian American American Boy in the Big Shave for um, a three by Scorsese laserdisc release. Um, so there's just the t- two more films that appear on this, as far as I can tell, that are new. I find it interesting that on the um, box, as well as the Criterion site, the films are not put in chronological order, as is usually the case with a set like this. Mm-hmm. They lead with Italian-American, which is probably the most well-known of this set, and they sort of progress in, in, in what seems to be maybe an arbitrary order. Um, not quite reverse chronological, not quite anything really but um yeah not alphabetical maybe 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 they found a running order they liked but 
Um, this is cool. I think that this is the sort of thing that I'm always excited about. You look through a filmmaker's filmography on Letterboxd or wherever, and you see, like, Scorsese has so many films that you're like, how am I even going to get a hold of some of these things? Hmm. And it's great that they're they're putting this out. And uh, this is, this is, I mean, they, they, Scorsese releases from Criterion have, have been good so far. So they're always interesting films. And um, Age of Innocence, Last Temptation of Christ are two of his best mm. from my perspective. Yeah. I think I, that I that's more be. interesting to me than... Um, his is like big three or four heavy hitters or his more recent lauded films. So um, I'm, I'm excited about this and uh, I'm encouraged that hopefully we'll, we'll maybe sneak in more sets like this in the future because short films from major filmmakers can often fall through the cracks distribution wise. Yeah. And, and it seems like the, the channel is a good place for a lot of that. But I'm glad that they didn't relegate this to the channel. And of course, Scorsese is a huge deal. So you know, he's. I think anything he he uh, he, he directed is is criterion worthy. But also, I think it's a, a pretty stacked disc for um, for the you know the, the variety or for the for this this many um, films. Uh, there's a conversation with him and uh, Farron Smith. I still don't know how to say her last name, but I, I just adore her. Neme or Nem? I don't know. So, Farron, please one day tell me. <laughs> um, but I adore her. And then there's um, a new discussion with uh, Ari Aster of uh, Hereditary and Midsummer fame. And then Josh and Benny Safdie, who are really, um, they're both of those, or I guess all three of those, really uh, modern um, um, auteuristic voices, I guess you could say. Um, so I, And weren't they in the closet together, too? I think they were. I've been on hiatus. I missed some things. Yeah, it seems like yeah. They, they, the Safety brothers did a, a closet video several weeks ago, month or two, whatever it was. But yeah, I, mean, I really like the fact that they're linking you know this this old grandmaster of cinema with these uh, you know pretty in the moment emerging filmmakers who already have a pretty good track record behind them. Uh, a great conversation um, to see you know how Scorsese speaks to. And influenced you know, younger directors of this time. Mm-hmm. And you know, to bring it full circle, uh, uh, Bong uh, calling out Scorsese during mm-hmm. his his director speech really got to me. Yeah. It was really a great moment. And uh, and he he wasn't wearing his shorts; so he was wearing a, a tux. <laughs> well, you don't know what he had so, underneath the tux, you know. But, but that's, that's all true. He wasn't under. He, he didn't win, so he didn't have to get up. So we don't know. <laughs> all right. Well. That's that's it. That's our uh, little uh, catch up. Um, so, just real quick, if you want to just spit out a piece of flair, something you've been digging lately, yeah, David, sure. got anything? Yeah, uh, a couple. Uh, I don't know. Several weeks ago, Josh Hornbeck did a uh, interview with the director or CEO or whatever of Ovid uh, TV, uh, the streaming mm-hmm. service. And uh, on the basis of that, I said, okay, I'm going to take the plunge and, and subscribe. And so I bought a year subscription. Uh, good Very deal, cool. and I got into a film recently called Disco and Atomic War, which is a really interesting. I mean, the title itself is what drew me in, and it's it's a film from Estonia about a, a guy who was a kid in the 1980s, and Estonia, if you kind of get your maps out, is I think a little bit to the south of Finland. Uh, Finland, of course, was kind of part of the you know Western Alliance and and had. You know, TV, you know, streaming from you know, American sources, and so people in Estonia rigged up these kind of antennae and and kind of these bootleg operations to watch uh, American style TV, like Dallas, and and uh, as the title alludes, you know, disco music, and, you know, 
just kind of popular entertainment that had been basically forbidden to Estonia, which at the time was part of the USSR. So it's really a very fascinating documentary about life behind the the Iron Curtain in the 1980s uh, with all of the dread of atomic war, you know, the the late era of the Cold War. And to me, it was just a really fascinating watch and a great, you know, maybe a somewhat obscure a demonstration of what makes Ovid a very unique streaming service. And, uh, you know, I can say more about it, but I know we're pressed for time, so I'll just kind of leave it at that. That's Disco fun. and Atomic War, you know, what, what else I, do you I, need? I want to hear more more about Ovid. I, I, I want to subscribe, so yeah. I, I just, it's got, it's yeah, got I'm a, very happy. It's got a bit of a Korsmaki vibe, if you want to think about that hmm. droll northern uh, you know, Nordic sense of humor, that ironic deadpan and all that. So, uh, yeah, very entertaining, but also just fascinating to see a slice of life from a country that maybe you've never even thought about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, Will, what you got? I uh, also want to shout out a streaming service, which is Mubi, um, which uh, currently is running a retrospective on the films of Yuzo Kawashima. And um, the recently expired title was Suzaki Paradise Red Light, which is a 1956 film he did, but there are now um, at least four more titles in coming up soon there's five so far they've they've had in the lineup and this is a filmmaker that has sort of been forgotten about he has ties both to uh, ozu and to imamura and um sometimes maybe reductively uh, is considered a gap between older and newer eras of japanese cinema maybe the classic era and the new wave era but this film suzaki paradise red light really blew me away um with its textures and its humanity and how much incredible cinematic craft was on display from somebody who prior to this um, retrospective I had really never even heard of and it seems like he's he's a real uh, treasure that has been long forgotten about quite prolific director and like I said there's a number of his films on movie right now so though the one I'm recommending can't be seen anymore it, there are still more um, coming, I think, and and it's yeah. it seems like there's there's some uh, rumblings uh, over in Italy as well with a retrospective going on there. So we might see some of him on physical media soon. But don't sleep on these titles on Mubi because um, they seem to have had very little attention um, from the Western audiences. Interesting. I'm just looking at him right now, and it, it, it kind of feels like an eclipse set. Uh, oh, ab- yeah, this 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 absolutely could fit into that category very easily and if and if criterion ever had their their hands on these hopefully that's the the quickest easiest way for them to put them out would be to do a set like that which uh as an eclipse completist i um really miss that series so uh, i'm always looking for more more ways i mean the the channel kind of covers it but i'm tired of things expiring so you're preaching to well i I can speak for david you're preaching to the choir for sure well, mine is Midsummer, the director's cut. I finally broke down. Again, I said I have a little more time these days, so I can watch long movies, and uh, it was special. So I'll, I'll keep it short. Well, one thing I'll say is uh, Florence Pugh, who was nominated for uh, Little Women at the Oscars, really gave two dynamite performances. Uh, I think Midsummer is the better performance. Uh, not that really, you know, you want to categorize art, but I guess that's what we do, or rank art. Um, yeah, we do that all the time. What am I talking about? Um, <laughs> well, she's a supporting character in Little Women. Midsummer, she's front and center throughout the entire film. So, yeah. 
she's very good in uh, in in both, mm-hmm. but uh, kind of different characters. Yeah. But yeah, she there's a little more of her. I, I think there's like thirty minutes more in the director's cut. It doesn't really change the movie too much. I think it just adds a little to it. Uh, adds a little texture. Uh, I think with the relationship between the two uh, leads. So I, I thought it was interesting um, and. One thing I did like is that from there's one key pivotal moment um, from then to the end of the film, nothing's changed. So, which it shouldn't. It's a, it, that's a pretty good sequence. So I was happy with that. So that's uh, that's it. So where do you find that director's cut? Is that a disc release or? Uh, so you can buy it on streaming. Uh, I think iTunes, you, you can buy like the HD version and you get the director's cut. Okay. What I did, because I I don't know, this is what I do, David. Yeah. Um, I found an Italian Blu-ray that had, uh, so no, there was no physical release with everything. Okay. So I, I found an Italian Blu-ray that had both the Blu-ray, uh, or a Blu-ray of the, um, of the director's cut and then a 4K of the, uh, the theatrical, hmm. which I think is great. I'll I'll rewatch the theatrical next, or you know maybe talk my wife into it and, and hope she doesn't divorce me. Um, <laughs> but yeah. but uh, again, then the the supplements are in Italian. That's fine. It's the movies were uh, plenty, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it's uh, I think you can buy it in in UK. I think they have just a, just the director's cut, um, but it's not out here. I don't believe. Yeah, so. I watched it on Prime Video uh, several weeks ago and was pretty impressed. But yeah. I'm, I'd be interested to see more of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. All right. Well, that's the show. Can you believe it? We're back, kind of, sort of. So, uh, where can we find you online, David? Oh, Criterion Cast. That's pretty much where all my stuff is published these days, and even links to my old stuff on uh, Blogger and all that. Uh, CriterionCast.com. Criterion Reflections is my address, or just click my name, and you can see all my other stuff on that site. And as we mentioned, there's a, a episode with the uh, three of us. Or did we mention that on this show? I think we mentioned that on the other show. We also just recorded another episode of Reflections on Louis Mao's Murmur of the Heart. So look at look for that on uh, Criterion Cast. And Will Remmers, where can we find you? I, it, it won't be the theater. I, I can tell you that much. Nah, on, just at home. Phone. Come over. <laughs> but if but if you don't if you don't want to do that, Letterboxd. I'm a Will Remmers on Letterboxd. Uh, that's the best place. Find me there and talk to me if you want. I I like it. I like that you enunciate the duh. Um, well, because it's it's in it. It's what it says. It is You're letterbox. Right. Well, I also say February. So really, yeah, because okay. that's how it. That's what it is. So it is. I, there's an R there. I say I say um, it. I mean some. I you know February. But yes, I uh, a little awkward. Of course, I'm from Long Island. I have to like put a lot of effort into <laughs> not sounding like I'm from Long Island. So. It's kind of part of the problem. <laughs> you kind of sound like a Scorsese film. So, oh no! Uh, all right. Well, uh, yeah, you uh, guys look <laughs> find him on Letterboxd, and uh, and you can find the show uh, also on Criterion Cast. That's where we'll be from now on. Uh, uh, you can find it on the Master Feed, and then you'll get David's show as well, and Josh's show as well. And I'm on Twitter, AWS505. You can find me on Letterboxd at DSNT, which is weird. Um, or probably mostly follow me there already. And that's it. That's the show. So thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, man. Good time. Good time. Great movies. <laughs>